This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. We have a lot to get to on kind of the state of just business and entrepreneurship in 2023, where we see the market headed, um, also hiring and 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 team building, um, bringing other people into your business, when, where, and how to do that. Uh, but before we jump into any of that, Trent, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Hey, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm super excited to be here, man. You, you got a great show. You got a great show, honestly. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, let's get into it. You have such a, an amazing story. I would love to just kind of get like a quick, you know, 30 second elevator pitch on how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. Yeah. My journey started, I'd say at an early age, ripe age of uh, one years old. I was born deaf, uh, 30% hearing in my left ear, completely deaf in my right ear. Uh, came over a lot of challenges because of that. Didn't get my hearing back till I was five years old. So it was a huge setback, but uh, you know, overcame all of that. Uh, had a bunch of startups along the way, failed like most of us do. One of them <laughs> I put $40,000 into, hit the moon, went to the moon, blew up into a million pieces, but uh, I didn't let it stop me. Built a seven figure digital marketing agency and okay. uh, now recently started an academy. So that's kind of a, that's the huge kind of overview of it all. In terms of the transition from the agency now to the academy, when did that start to, when did you start to make that move? Yeah, I started to really think about this probably last summer, probably okay. around the time last July, thinking about building an academy because I didn't stop my digital agency, but I wanted to help an entrepreneur that was stuck, didn't really have many options or didn't know where to go. And so it, that was like a big missing thing. And that's most entrepreneurs. And I'm like, they need help because I've been there. I know what it's like. Right. And it's fucking miserable. It's depressing. Right. So, and I think what's, what's interesting too, about, about what you've built, right. Especially with these last two projects is you've got, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got a service on the agency side, and then you've kind of got a product in terms of the, the, is it an e-learning program? Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like video modules, coaching in a group yep. setting. It's just a big community of other entrepreneurs, like-minded, okay. all working towards that like similar goal. So, right. yeah, definitely an e-learning kind of style. And I think you, you're you're well suited to kind of give some some context and some inspiration, perhaps, to to listeners who might be, you know, I think we're all kind of we're we're all kind of in this this similar boat where there's so many different options and opportunities of digital products, you know, and, and companies for that matter that we can, we can create. And it's like, where, where does somebody start? Do we start with a product, like a, a course, um, and a, or a portal, something like that, or do we start with coaching or some other type of online service? Can you kind of talk us through how you draw that distinction and how you made that decision yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, for me, it's a no brainer to always be investing in your education and it doesn't even have to be buying a program. Go right. get a mentor. Go get a mentor. You need to learn. To think that you don't have anything to learn? No, always be a student. Always be a student. You know, my my $40,000 startup failure, that brought me to my mentor who 
guided me into a seven-figure agency. Without him, I probably wouldn't even be an entrepreneur right now. I'll put it like that. Yeah. So learning is everything. To stop learning is death. So talk about talk about that that um, or I guess how how your agency and how the e-learning program complement one another is there is there communication there in terms of clients and and customers do they overlap or are they totally separate i would say it's totally separate for the most part basically my agency is like servicing people that kind of have everything figured out for the most part and they're kind of just wanting to take their facebook ads to the next level wanting to take okay. youtube ads to the next level um the academy is more for that person who feels totally lost right uh there's either two kinds of solopreneurs. There's the one who's got anxiety and that anxiety is coming from all the different options and not knowing which one to take, or you're depressed. And that depression is coming from not having any options that you can okay. see. So, okay. Do you kind of view your Academy then as kind of sitting on the front end of a potential buyer's journey? They come through, you know, they maybe start with that. They kind of get their confidence going, they get some momentum and then maybe later, you know, a year or two years down the line, they're in a position to, you know, hire you guys for, for Facebook ads help. Is that kind of the thought? It's definitely possible. It was a thought that I had originally that I'm like, oh, these could kind of blend together, but yeah, with what I'm showing, you might not even need my agency. So mm -hmm. I might be cannibalizing that. But that's why I kind of leave the two separate. Um, and that's just solely because from what I'm showing you, you could just build your own team. And that's the whole point is like everyone overcomplicates entrepreneurship. Everyone overcomplicates business. Business is just two things. Volume, so doing more of the shit that's working for you. And number two is leverage. Leverage being other people's time. So it's all about building a team and then doing more of, and doubling down on the activities that are actually building uh an output putting out an output for you um you know i got a team of 15 people um yeah. for the maybe actually more than that but some of them are some of them are local but majority like majority are in the philippines pakistan india and i just build a team like that man yeah and let, let's get into that a little bit because i think this this term scaling is something that has been thrown around a lot and come to the forefront over the last couple of years with um, just this, this absolute influx of, you know, online business and, mm -hmm. and coaching and, and programs that, um, we're seeing in the marketplace. Talk about, I guess, take us through your process and some of the, the biggest learnings that you had in terms of hiring and adding headcount. Um, when and how do you kind of think about doing that for, you know, uh, maybe a, a new ish, uh, online entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Like, and like great topic because, I tell everyone the moment you got $250 a month that you can spare. Yeah. Get Sorry. some help, right. hire some help. And you might be like 250 bucks. What do you mean? That's going to get me nothing. 250 bucks is a part-time employee in the Philippines oh, yeah. working 20 hours a week for you. Right. That's what $250 gets you. And if you're like, Oh wow, he's taking advantage of people. I'm not minimum wage in the Philippines is like 270, 280 bucks a month. Right. And that's full-time 40 hours a week. So I'm saying part-time, 250, 20 hours a week, you got yourself an employee, right? And so the moment you can start delegating day-to-day -day tasks or the fulfillment, the customer service, the things that don't generate you money, the better you're going to be, right? right? And so you can put more of your time to those high-value tasks, high-value tasks being, I don't know, networking, building new lead generation systems, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. 
and and one one of the things that I did, you know, when I started working with with contractors myself, is just kind of like starting by listing everything that I'm doing and even the small things. And so I would list the large tasks, and then I would surprise myself when I would go and start listing subtasks mm. that were required that were derivative of those things that I was spending a lot of time on, and I didn't even realize how much time I was allocating to a lot of those tasks and right. how much how many of them didn't actually need to be done. And that's such a that's that's a great place for people to start, right? And it doesn't even just have to be business. Like virtual assistants can help you with any and everything that you do online and mm -hmm. freeing up that time that you didn't even know that you were missing can literally be like the key that's going to unlock that that level up. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. There's a there's a YouTuber, Cody Sanchez. She's brilliant. Um, she teaches people all about like buying small businesses and all that. But she was talking about her journey on what she needed to figure out to delegate. And she has this activity where you write down four columns, the $10 an hour activities, $50, $100, $500 activities, mm -hmm. you write four columns and you, you monitor your week. Every time you're doing something, what would you put that under? Is that something you could delegate for $10 an hour? Is that something you could do mm -hmm. for 50, 100, mm -hmm. 500? You figure all those out. Obviously the hundred is going to be something that is going to be hard to replace 500. No one can replace and the yep. 50, $10, get rid of those. Dump right. it. And so that's a good activity right there to really kind of paint that picture and figure out what you need to get rid of. Yeah. And Hormozy talks about this a lot, right? It, it's like the time to do that is the point at which your return on your time is going to be more meaningful back in your hands as opposed to you doing the thing. So if you can pay somebody X amount of dollars to do the thing, then you get something more valuable in return, which is your time to then start doing those higher leverage, higher level um, projects. Kind of walk, walk us through what your day looks like and how you allocate time activities uh, in order to get more leverage in your businesses. Man, some people, entrepreneurs listening to this might shoot me for it. I get some love for it. I get some praise. Sometimes I get shit for it, but um, my calendar is pretty bare. So for yeah. the most part, I try to bundle my meetings up um, and I try to keep them for later half of the day. Um, and I try not to have it all the time. Meetings are a waste of time. That's something like Peter F. Drucker says, right? Yeah. If you can try to avoid meetings, you're not going to kill your headspace, right? And um, jumping from task to task, it's crazy, right? Some of the best work and the hardest work you need to do, you have to dedicate, like sit down, focus mode, three hours. And so for me, my calendar is pretty open. So it allows me to have that freedom to work on what I want and what I really enjoy. And this is really important here. So you can work all day right, doing tasks that you hate right. or don't come naturally to you. And you're going to call that hell a prison or same frame. You can work all day doing tasks that you love that come naturally to you. And you're going to call that passion mm -hmm. and you're going to have an, a more enjoyable experience. And so the point is to lean in to your strengths, lean into what you enjoy and do more of that and you'll be more productive. And so um, that's what I would encourage all people to do. And that's how I've set up my calendar to, do, uh, to be. And it allows me to be far more productive. And uh, you got to figure out what your strengths are. You got to figure out who you are. That's a big one, right? So the way that you've kind of set up your day then, are there maybe two or three projects, tasks, things that you do every day that you both enjoy, but that also give you the highest amount of leverage in what you're trying to build? Absolutely. So basically I put two things down every day in my calendar and uh, it's two different times and I'll try to do 
two um, two high level activities in terms of, uh, and I just kind of write that down on my calendar saying high level activity block, high level activity block. And yeah. actually my buddy Miguel was like, man, you know, I think it'd be kind of cool. Nice. If you had some stuff in your calendar. Cause I was like showing my calendar. It's like, kind of like, Hey, look at this. I got nothing on there. He's like, you should probably block it off. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give that a shot. Cause I, I didn't, I just left it open to do what I wanted. And so I started blocking it off like that and it definitely helped. Um, but yeah, it's pretty open. It's pretty, it's doing what I want to do. Like my agency, I probably dedicate one to maybe five hours a week to it. Yeah. The rest of the time, I'm really kind of focused on building my academy and doing the, okay. the fun parts of that. So, How has your time allocation towards the agency changed over the years? I assume when you started, it was pretty much all in, all, mm -hmm. all hours of the day. How did you get that down to, you know, just a couple of hours? Yeah, it's not, that's the crazy thing is, um, you know, when I started the agency, man, I was... Um, I was doing what everyone else is doing, like yep. hustle culture, guard grind. So it's really outdated. And I was like going in there, working till probably, I don't know, three in the morning, getting up at six in the morning, totally yep. drained. Um, and I couldn't do it anymore. I was just feeling completely burned out. Um, and I wasn't liking my life. My girlfriend uh, was like fed up with me. Um, and so I reached out to my mentor. I was like, man, I don't know what to do about this. He's like, hire help. I'm like, I can't afford that. Like, mm. you know, and he just showed me how to hire remotely yeah. offshore. Right. And he introduced me to my first employee and uh, he started off working for me 400 bucks a month. Now I pay him a thousand and uh, actually a little over that. And he's been with me for four years, wow. four years. And that changed the game for me. That really, I got addicted to delegating. I got right. addicted to it so much so where it's like, I, I just throw things at my staff. I say, okay, we got to do this. See you later. Figure it out. And then they come back to me because I'm not trying to, you know, hit it on the head, nail it right on the head. I'm not trying to make the perfect thing right away. I want my staff to come back to me. If it needs to tweak, it needs to get tweaked, right? MVP, minimal viable product. But, uh, you know, that's, that's basically it. It's like, that's how that journey started. I was just grinding all the time and then uh, came, got figured it all out in that way. So let's kind of talk about working with freelancers and contractors for a minute and, and kind of dive into that. I'm with you. As soon as I started uh, delegating, you know, certain tasks and even creative aspects of certain projects to people that are better than I am at actually doing the thing, it does become addicting and you start to see how you can start to spread yourself and scale yourself in a way you couldn't do before. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that I think is important to realize is, is that like, whether you're working with a Filipino uh, freelancer, a Pakistani, Indian, uh, Taiwanese, like Thailand, I mean, uh, there's any, any, any overseas um, partner, right, that you can forge a relationship with. Number one, like what's minimum wage to us is like amazing, right, to a lot of people in these countries. That's like, they're happy. Like they're happy to be making that. And more than that, what I found is they value the long-term relationship with, with you, maybe probably even more than the money because they want to have that continuity of income, number one, but also to have the ability to build their own portfolio so that they can build their own business, right? Because a lot of these people, if they're not already, are looking to start their own agencies and agency building is huge overseas. And so you're giving them that opportunity, right? And so it's it's a similar idea as, as hiring full-time here in the States, but um, being able to help 
is really the position that that you're in when you're able to do that um so okay talk about your work currently you have uh, 15 employees you said how many of those people are full-time if any and how do you interface with the overseas uh, contractors that you work with yeah um i just want to say first like you you nailed it on what you were saying previously um yeah people people don't don't freak out like you're not taking advantage of anyone but yeah. going back to this yeah yeah it's like oh it's over 15 it's like around 20 man and it's like um all are full-time except for uh one guy we have part-time and uh yeah we just don't have enough work for him in that department to really need him full-time um but yeah all full-time and uh yeah it, it's it's uh we kind of we, we do all of our communication is that what you're asking basically how do we communicate yeah. how do we, yeah. yeah all oh man slack you gotta yeah. get slack and then there's a couple different tools and systems you can use to really streamline everything. So number one, get Slack if you're going to build an offshore team. Secondly, get GeekBot. GeekBot. Okay, so what this does is typically what we do is we don't uh, interact with our, our staff enough when we hire them. We have no idea what they're doing. So you need to figure out what they're doing. And so with GeekBot, it sends messages private messages to your staff the end of each day and you can set whatever questions you want we ask hey what did you work on today okay what client you know and then any problems any risk any challenges okay is there anything that's personally stepping stepping in your way or whatever and then they they dump they mind dump onto it and we're able to see every their responses right and we can kind of jump on anything that we see that we need um, and so number one that's been a big uh, blessing for us especially when we go into like having uh, bi-weekly meetings with the, the superintendents or like the managers of the company, we send out Geekbot messages bi-weekly. They tell us everything that's going on. So when we get onto those bi-weekly meetings, we're not hearing out everyone's stories and wasting time. I'm just jumping on and I'm answering questions right away and we're going right to where we need to go. And so Geekbot is a truly powerful tool if you set it up with Slack and people are more likely to open up to it than they were would to their boss. Right. So if they're wanting to raise, they're going to talk to it. They're going to tell it. Right. And so that way you keep those employees. So that's the first tool. Second tool, if you're doing anything like content creation, even ads, um, anything, right. Project management in general, Asana, and you integrate that with Slack. So everything, anytime something happens on Asana, a project's completed, you can have a Slack channel for that and it alerts everyone. So for example, when, when my sales team says, oh, this client churned, it alerts in a Slack channel, churn client, giving details about it. And then you can just access it. Streamlines everything. There's so many other tools I can mention that you can just tie into Slack, but Geekbot, Asana, and Slack combo, you got, you, you got a great system right there. Okay, okay, awesome. And then let's talk a little bit about bringing new people in, bringing them on, getting them onboarded, and how to decide who you wanna work with because they're, for people that may not know, like there are literally tens of thousands of qualified and very capable um, virtual assistants and freelancers out there. I personally use Upwork. That works for me. I've hired, I think, over 40 individuals um, just for, for you know, um, really quick, easy jobs all the way to like a couple month long jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's what works for me. Um, Trent, where, where do you go to to find the people that you that you hire? Yeah, so going to where the site, the best sites that we go to, um, you can look at platforms here. I'll give you a couple of great ones. Yeah. You can look at our, Indeed, number one, of course. Number two is another job site called onlinejobs.ph. 
Yes. You're hiring directly from the Philippines there. Um, and number three, you can look at a, a platform called uh, Brain Trust and uh, use braintrust.com, I believe it is. Um, and it's another way to kind of start getting people. Um, and and again, I like those three platforms more than something like Fiverr or Upwork. And I was talking to you a little bit about this before, just and because people always get upset, like always say like, oh, I know how to hire remote. I know how to hire offshore. I go to Upwork, I go Fiverr, but that's not, you're hiring a contract, you're hiring a freelancer. Right. The difference with an employee, like when you go through those other sites and you, you get them involved, it's under your control. They work for you. They're loyal to only you. They're working only on you. They're working within your systems. They're following your processes. That's the difference with an employee versus a contractor, right? Because I think even on Upwork, just like Fiverr, they can't communicate with you off the platform or do things off it or else they risk getting banned. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's their livelihood. Good luck trying to get them off and doing something else, right? They're, they're kind of gambling a lot of the time, but. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then something that I, I learned really quickly is kind of the, there's a there's a I guess a right way and a wrong way to go about um, the interview process. And for me, uh, you know, especially for a lot of the the short term work that I'm bringing these contractors on for. And, and I'm glad you, you made that distinction of contractor versus like full time employee, because that's an important difference. But a lot of companies like especially big companies, they have long convoluted interview and hiring processes, the quicker and the more agile that you're able to be in building your small to maybe even medium sized business, like the, just the quicker you're going to be able to, to do and to scale and to create. And you want to make sure you're getting the right person, but you don't want to have these drawn out month or two month long hiring processes. Oh, no. that's, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. kind of the three, three points that, that I learned to ask um, to er anyone that I'm considering working with is kind of like the who, what, and where. So who yeah. have you helped in the past? Who have you created similar results for? Like, show me those examples. Um, how will you do this job? Like what tools will you use? What's your process? What's your, you know, your, your work style? How will you go about actually doing this? Um, who, how and what was the last one where like hmm. where are you going to do this work and if they if i get a sense that they're going to be using chat gpt or some other type of ai solution that's an automatic automatic disqualifier for me so hmm. where are you going to be working or how are you going to be doing that um what other tips or strategies can you share you know around hiring what you said right there is brilliant like it's it's solid um but i always say you want to hire off of two things first and it is work style you said it and attitude those two things should be come before experience and skill so i always say it to all my students work style attitude experience okay because work style and attitude are the hidden indicators your job during an interview process is trying to find out what those two things are as quickly as possible because that's mm -hmm. what matters why do i mean that well you know, talking about like who, right? Who do I hire? Okay, that falls into work styles. You heard of personality tests like DISC or Myers Briggs, right? Yep. Yeah. So with like DISC or Myers Briggs, those are those are to identify someone's like behavior, right? And uh, I like to focus more on work styles. There's a million million work style tools out there, and the difference about work styles, especially like I have my own tool for identifying someone's work style, and um, the idea behind it is that. It's like DISC, but it's only focused on the work elements of DISC. Meaning DISC looks at a number of things, your wealth, your trauma, your education, your friend group, all of those things build up 
who you are, right? Your personality. But Michael, you could you could have a new trauma tomorrow and you're a different person. Exactly. Right? You could get a, a lump sum of wealth and now, hey, Michael's changed, mm-hmm. right? But there's one com- component of every personality test and that's the work style. And that one fraction of the pie is what I fixate on. And that is because it's the one part of the pie that does not change ever. For example, if you get intoxicated, you're a different person. However, if you hate paperwork and you get intoxicated, you still hate paperwork, you know? And so we want to identify what someone's work style is um, as quickly as possible. So you would like, I would always encourage anyone to try to implement a work style assessment tool. You can look those up. There's a bunch of free ones out there. I got a free one out there. Um, And then you you go about it that way um, to locate that. And so that helps you locate the who. I got a perfect example of this. I was out for uh, uh, dinner with a couple of friends um, and one of them, I was kind of showing the the work style survey I have and uh, he did it. And he said, I asked him, how accurate is it, Kobe? And Kobe's like, man, like this is like two or three out of 10. I'm like, no way. I've never heard that before. I was like offended, dude. And I was like, what? And I was like, how'd you do it? He's like, oh, I answered it. Like I answering the questions at what, like I currently do at my job. And I was like, ah, no, no, no. Do you hate your job, Kobe? And he's like, yeah. I was like, "Mm." because you're supposed to answer the questions in your ideal dream job situation. And um, yeah. And he's like, oh, I said, yeah, like this makes sense why you're rating it two or three. You're unhappy at your job. You're going to quit soon, right? He's like, yeah, man, I think about quitting all the time. And so you see that he had a university degree. He is more than experienced, more than educated for that job. But yet he is going to cost that company thousands of dollars when he quits. And why am I saying it's going to cost the company thousands of dollars? Because studies show when someone leaves your company or you fire them, even, you lose at minimum 20 to 200 percent of whatever their annual wage is. And so if you're paying that guy $100,000, it doesn't matter what he's doing. If he's scrubbing toilets, wiping the floor down, does not matter, you lost 20 grand, minimum. And so Kobe is going to continue to apply to these jobs for this position that he hates, just because that's what he knows from going to school. Of course. And so that individual, stay far away from. You should Hmm. avoid hiring that individual. And so the work style, will point that out. It'll be like, hey, this guy doesn't like doing analytical tests or analytical work. This guy does not like doing creative work. This guy doesn't like putting his head down doing the hard shit. It'll it'll identify those things. And so you can stay clear of those kind of people. Got it. Got it. So it really helps with the who. So personality tests, even DISC, if you just find a free DISC test, just do it. It's going to help. You'll get the idea of it. And the last one, who is, is, is it's the attitude. You can't have can't have a negative person on your team. You cannot have that. You got to figure out who's positive and who's negative. You cannot have a negative person on your team. And so I try to pinpoint my who within the first interview. That's Mm -hmm. my goal. I just want to know what your, your attitude's like and maybe know what your work style is. So talk a little bit about the, the changing kind of macroeconomic climate when it comes to hiring and finding great employees. Are there any trends that you're seeing in terms of uh, Eastern working with Eastern freelancers, contractors, full-time employees as a Western business owner over the last year or so? Yeah. I mean, the people in the Philippines, you know, just, it's like my favorite place to hire. Number one, they used to be a U.S. colony. 
number two, uh, so making culture not that different. And yeah. they 70, over 70, 80% of the population speaks English. So it's no brainer, but um, yeah, like they're definitely a little more quiet and uh, kind of more timid, but um, they are so loyal and they're so determined and they really fight for that job more times than not. And this is because we look at the Western culture over here. We have an epidemic where it's like, where there's more older people than there is younger, right? And over in the Philippines, there's more younger than there is older. So there's not enough jobs really in the Philippines supporting them. And right. so they're all kind of looking for these online jobs. And so um, the culture is just, they're more hungry. They want it more than we do over here. And I might upset some people here, but man, let's be let's be honest. Like in Canada, I don't know, because I'm I'm Canada, we we had served, right? It's basically universal-based income for a while, you know, and people are still like kind of hungry and wanting it. There's a lot of people that do do not want to work here. We have a huge problem here in Canada. I don't know about you guys in the States, but not people can't find workers. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Meanwhile, in the Philippines, they want it. They want it more than we do. And so why go support the person here where they blast memes all the time on Facebook. It's like, huh, I just, I'm just slacking off at work and fuck my boss. Like, exactly. get, like that is, a, you see that all the time. Just go over on Instagram. Everyone's talking shit about the, the boss man and all that stuff. In the Philippines, it's like, please, sir, can I work more, sir? What else can I do for you, sir? Yeah. Way different. Way different. Nine day different. So I'm going to put my money over there where they want it more. And plus my money is going to go a lot further. 10 times further. Everyone's like 10 X my business. 10, this is literally 10 X your money. So mm-hmm. uh, 10 times the, 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 like where your money's going to go. For example, here in Canada, minimum, uh, salary, minimum wages, you got to pay someone, um, 2,700 a month, right? That's someone fresh out of high school, no experience, doesn't know which way's up, which way's down. Okay. And then in the Philippines, it's 270. So literally yeah. 10 X difference, 10 X difference. Yeah. I don't know if you saw a post that I made the other day, but it's like 75% of companies are willing to outsource 75% of the work to freelancers who can do 75% to quality, but at a 75% discount. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just facts. And that's just reflective of the way that the market is moving to your point. When you have those resources ready to work, able-bodied, you know, can do fairly well, if not just as well as any other Western employee, it, we're seeing this massive shift where it's like, just because you're entitled, just because you're an entitled American doesn't no longer means that you're guaranteed, you know, uh, a job or doing, you know, what you have done in the past because the, the economy is shifting. And I've seen that too. Absolutely. Like universal income, it is right around the corner. Get ready for it guys. It is, it's tomorrow. Okay. It's coming. And, um, that's just because people, you know, don't want it here. And it makes sense for multiple reasons, wanting, wanting to take your money offshore. Yeah. You know, like I said, money goes a lot further. Um, they want it more. And also it's just like, times are tough right now. Times are tough in business. It's do or die. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta make the moves you gotta make. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's the big one. Looking back, are there any lessons or learnings that stick out to you over the course of your journey that maybe you wish you knew say a decade ago but that you had to go through hell to discover or to pull out 
Mm. That one hits hard, man, for me. Um, uh, yeah, you know, just kind of going through a little bit about it too, man. And um, right now, currently, and yeah. um, that is, I was always quick to always jump into a partnership because I thought I needed mm-hmm. more people, mm-hmm. right? Even with this business, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a huge opportunity come in front of me and I was like thinking about it, partnership. And I'm like, shit, am I going to do the same thing again yeah. and again and again? And I keep thinking I need someone because they have all those resources. Sure, partnership's great, but you do not need someone to take your equity when you can find people that'll do the job for no equity. And if you're going to give up equity, my my mentor told me this, if you're going to give up equity, mm-hmm. make someone prove it, work for it, earn it. Mm-hmm. Don't just give it up. It doesn't matter how great of a resume they have. It doesn't matter how famous they are. If they want it, earn it. And mm-hmm. uh, and don't, don't be scared. Be like, oh, but I need the help. Okay, go hire the help. Okay. It, Go hire the help. You know, don't be so quick to give it away. Right. And so I would say that. And the last thing I want to say, because I think a lot of people think about this too, actually, is a, a touch about this, is we all, like my early stages of entrepreneurship, I was like, oh, I got to get more sales, got to get more sales, got to get more sales. Right. 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 And I go and I hire a salesperson or give away equity to a salesperson, a killer. Why the fuck am I doing that? Mm. You need leads, bro. You don't need salesperson. You need leads. You're trying to get more sales. Okay, get more leads. Okay, great. Now go fucking hire uh, a, a closer. Go f- hire a salesperson. Go hire an appointment setter. Why do you need to just give it away? And this is me talking to myself right now, my younger self. And uh, that's what I would say to anyone listening. And if you yes. want leads, uh, if you want leads, here's a, here's a good one for you. Instantly.ai thing is a gold mine i'll say it i'll leave it at that but go look at it you're gonna be like dang super helpful and let me put a cap on that too with something i I alluded to earlier in our conversation around training it's like you in my view you can't over train somebody you can't over prepare somebody to come in and add value and i'm a fan of sort of over i don't want to say over training but um sharing more information than they need to, to necessarily do their job not giving them um, an inside look on the, on the confidential aspects of your business, but really equipping them and making sure that they have enough to where they're going to be able to, to do exactly what you need, exactly the way you need it done. And then some, right. And you want to give them those tools to make sure that they can thrive and innovate. And I think that that can be an X factor because not a lot of people are doing that. They're really just, they're, they're just hiring people on thinking they just need to fill, put an ass in that seat when anybody can do that right that's not different what differentiates you when you're scaling up or when you're bringing people on is how are you preparing them how are you enabling them to succeed and showing them do this 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 and if you do this you will be successful i love that you're saying this man it's like you read this book by barry posner barry posner is a professor of leadership at santa clara university he's got a book called the leadership challenge and there's six pillars of leadership leader leadership you just hit one of them and that's enabling others to act. You have to enable your team to act. So many times people are higher and they're like, all right, go do it. Right. You, meanwhile, they don't have they don't have any idea what you're exactly wanting. They don't have the systems, they don't have any process to follow. You're like, hey, figure it out. Right. Have some stuff laid out for them. Enable them to act. That's a huge part of being a leader. So you 
I'm like, I love that you said that. Have you read that book? I haven't. No. I, oh, man. I, I recommend it. I recommend it. He studied leadership for 10 years. Um, and uh, it's it's a pretty great book. And uh, I do recommend it. Uh, the other, there was one other thing you said, and I really wanted to touch on it. But, um, yeah, oh, you know, you were like, lay it all out. Like, basically, you're a fan of overtraining, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I love yeah. it. Layla Hermosi, Alex Hermosi's yeah. wife, uh, she was saying that Alex was a workhorse. Like, no one could beat him. Like, he was a unicorn, right? And he, he kept, like, I need to find another unicorn. Meanwhile, he just needed to find, like, four other really great people to replace him. But he struggled replacing with himself, not only because he was looking for the unicorn. Layla Hermosi was saying it's because he didn't want to take the time to take what was in his brain and lay it out on a document and like give it to his team to figure like to, to go about doing tasks properly right so that was one of his weaknesses that layla kind of pulled out of him and extracted and so yeah. i thought it, i'd share that because everyone looks at alex, alex hermosi as a god like you know layla hermosi is a great reason for his success right and so um you know layla layla too shout out to her she's awesome so yeah yeah i've learned so much from both of them i'm, I'm glad you you added that in thank you um mm -hmm. i guess just looking forward over the next several years for you like what's your vision it could be business it could be lifestyle it could just be personal evolution but where are you kind of uh looking to 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 uh, evolve into yeah man for me uh my my thing is i'm really wanting to build a community that is going to be that's going to be global like well known like that's my my big passion i want to help 10,000 entrepreneurs through this academy i believe in this academy so much because no one's teaching you how to hire or leverage or build systems there's almost nothing like that out there and it is the two main things of business so i just want to build something that's going to change a lot of lives and i'm i'll be honest with you a big thing i want to do is i want to start doing a lot of public speaking events so i'm working with I hired like a tedx speaker and now he coaches speakers and so i'm working with him right now to try to try to get my game up with public speaking and uh i'm gonna try to go that route because i i have a i don't know i have some kind of deep calling for it bro like i don't know i want to i want to get on that stage and uh, i want to i want to talk to people That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is now on sale. You can visit my website, michaelbecker.org, to grab your copy. There's also a link in the description. And if you'd like to learn more about what me and my team at Neocore are building, you can visit our website, neocore.co. You can learn more there and join the waitlist for when we launch later this year.